Hi, I'm Samiran. Hi, I'm Nilesh. Hi, I'm Sheetal. And you're listening to 3TV. Three Techies Banter. Welcome back to another episode of 3 Techies Banter. Uh, I think we had mentioned the fact that our able soldier Nilesh will be traveling to CES. And obviously, uh, for all the right reasons, he's the right choice because he's the most sincere amongst us. He's the one who's come back with a lot of information and feedback. Unlike me, of course, who would have just wandered around the place and just had fun and not retained anything. So uh, we're going to talk about, I think, uh, just the overall experience, you know, you know, what it was like to be there, you know, what all did he see, uh, you know, what he enjoyed. Uh, and I'm going to just kick it off with a couple of really silly uh, exhibits that I, of course, only read about. Uh, one was this anti-snoring pillow, uh, which uh, apparently, if you start snoring, it gives you a nudge at night and straightens your head. I mean, I don't know if you want to do get something like that, but yeah. That was a weird one. And the second one, which was even weirder, was a uh, Tropicana actually launched a juice, which was considered, which was called a no-tech juice. And what they did is they removed the I's and A's from the word. So it was called T-O-P-C-N. So they removed the A's and I's. So apparently the idea was to remove AI from everything and tech from anyone. So we'll now jump right into it and let uh, Nilesh tell us, what really happened there? I must I must first talk about that Naji uh, pillow thing because I actually saw that exhibit. It was on the same floor where we were exhibiting, and the overall the team was quite Naji in general. So so there was a big big uh, pillow walking around which was ready to grab you, kind of a human in a pillow. So it was quite uh, quite quite funny. No, I actually wanted to say that, uh, you know, Samiran's absolutely right. I think you're the best representation of Three Techies Banter 3S. But having said that, um, I'm, I was super excited with the fact that you were doing, but tell me it, it was your first time, right? And so what did it feel like to be at the CES? I mean, the space, the people, the technology, what was the whole feel like? And in fact, you should tell us right from when you came there, because I think there is a, there's a vibe to it when you kind of just land up there, right? I mean, this is, it's completely different. So totally. So the moment you land in uh, Vegas, uh, you know, uh, the the way they have structured the whole uh, CES experience is that you first need to get your badge and you don't want to be. I, I remember, you know, <laughs> the days uh, when we used to go to that uh, expo in Pragati Madan, right? The, it, to, for entry, you have to stand in a long line to get your that badge <laughs> to enter and stuff like that. So these guys did a fantastic thing. Uh, you can get your badges as attendees or presenters or industry analysts. All kinds of badges, badges are available at multiple locations. So what I did was the moment I landed, I took my badge from the airport itself. So every terminal, every uh, three terminals are there in Vegas. All three terminals have a separate dedicated location to take a badge. And there was a line, but it was moving quite fast. The other thing they do is you can take your badges from multiple hotels. Most of the hotels on the Vegas trip, like your Bellagio's and Venetians and all those Caesar Palace and all every every hotel will have a place where you can get a badge so you don't have to kind of first thing land 
at the expo and stand in the line just to get in because you don't have a badge so that that is where your experience starts uh, the moment you sit in the cab i think every cabbie knew that you would be here for ces and they'll start chatting about it and uh, interesting thing i got to know is that uh, this year this is a first year after covid where um, the attendance has reached almost reached the pre covid levels so it seems ces used to get about uh, at max 180000 visitors and this year uh, now it's no longer expectation we know the actual number 140000 people uh, visited uh, ces so it is at the same levels it seems last year it was just about 80000 people and before that it was 40000 and obviously covid year it was virtual right so so we have reached that level so, now nilesh a question was the badge a physical badge or was it one of those qr things which got embedded into your palm or hand or whatever no no i think they because yeah you're no uh, we had we had a app we had a badge virtual badge in the app but um, you know uh, with all the technology whatever said and done because of the security and uh, honestly the need to check your bags because people were carrying laptops and people who had booths there would be carrying a lot of stuff on the first day so physical security is there so they need to see a real badge so they they they, they were because they didn't have a gadget to scan something so they will just see your actual badge and if uh, for the people who are not carrying anything can just walk in others will have to get their stuff checked and all so yeah so i have to tell you this that uh, on that cabby story uh, there was this time when this friend of mine he traveled to the us and first time in new york from ibm he got into the cab and he he wanted to go to the ibm office somewhere among wherever so it, the, the cabby asked him you know so what do you do so he said i sell servers in india so then the cabby started talking to him about x series p series you know z series and you know this that and parallel processing and you know this that so this guy after some time this guy didn't know anything you know so he asked him what happened <laughs> you know who are you? he said you know i used to work in ibm research i'm taking a sabbatical and now i'm driving cabs so <laughs> i wonder if <laughs> <laughs> I have experience like that in CES. You know? Like have a little Steve, a little Elon Musk taking a sabbatical and roaming around. <laughs> no, no, no luck like that. <laughs> that would have been a crazy experience. I can imagine. Imagine your cab drivers now speaking with you, Nirish, especially on blockchain and Web three, which is your favorite topic. I mean, <laughs> I don't think you would have exited that ride. You would have just said, "Aage, you know, aage chalo, we'll go to the CES a little later." <laughs> But having said that, how was your experience of setting up a booth and you know being there and you know not just as a participant but as somebody who's out there with your product and your services? Yeah, so we were uh, we were quite lucky uh, to be uh, you know we we got a kind of a pod uh, uh, under a um, umbrella pavilion uh, or village they call it, which was called Web Three. and tokenized web3 tokenization and fintech uh, village and in that village there were uh, multiple uh, kind of pods or booths or whatever you call them and uh, about eight of them and we uh, we uh, got a great deal being part of um, this uh, french ecosystem this was for europe the whole web3 tf uh, pavilion and 
we got a booth at a you know at a great you know subsidized rates so so that was the first so booth was a, a basically area where you put your branding uh, and then then um, you know present whatever you want to present so so it was a, it was a question mark right and uh, samiran was asking me you know uh, when uh, in a in a consumer electronics show how do you go with a product that is not tangible like a software right and it was something that was weighing on our minds the honestly speaking when we reached there there were multiple other such web3 and tokenization uh, projects and each had created their own thought process of how do you make it tangible for the end user for us what we did was we we were uh, running a kind of a demo of our product so we we used ces to launch a product on top of the blockchain so blockchain is re- really infrastructure and you know how how do you really present uh, infrastructure without uh, showing a application of that infrastructure so what we did was we uh, used ces to launch uh, uh, a new product we are calling it molecular and molecular is essentially a a set of components which will help you create uh, business applications so idea was that web3 is difficult web3 stack uh, for a normal business to understand is very difficult so how do you launch your uh, you know business or a product on on a web3 uh, decentralized platform and we provide the infrastructure which is blockchain but on top of it we provide these components so we created a interactive kind of a demo where people could actually come there and just click around a bit and uh, it was all on laptop uh, and we had a small uh, screen where we were projecting this we also got a chance on first second uh, i mean first three days actually out of four to present our product at a certain time so there were time slots so it was really nice so we could you know talk and uh, people could you know gather in if they found it interesting and we we talked of launch of our product so it was good so i find this is very interesting that you called the product molecular because i remember that when you used to describe this to me you used to say how your blockchain is held at an atomic level so i'm very st- it's very strange that you called your product a molecule now. yeah 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 so so it is it is all you are absolutely right we use atomic commitment and you know stuff like that so we thought that you know molecules kind of make the whole uh, atom becomes even lower than that so you are going a layer up each time right from your blockchain uh, you are moving to sorry why are these areas called villages i mean for a tech company uh, for a tech pavilion for it to be called villages in why are they called villages so so it was interesting when i landed right so we were in uh, in a place called venetian expo uh, which is just adjoined to the 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 venetian uh, which is a hotel and casino right so uh, we thought i thought firstly that was the expo so it had three levels it was huge venetian expo and all the ballroom everything has been converted for ces later on i realized that there are multiple locations so there is something called lvcc which is las vegas convention center venetian expo so you you have to move around a lot and they have shuttle buses every 10 minutes or between 5 to 10 minutes there is a shuttle going so so in a way they did facilitate because otherwise these these are not very short distances and uh, walking was not really easy because you are in a very crowded area so even if you have to cross the road Uh, and you know traffic signals and a lot of traffic so buses were there so they made it easy so now what they did was to to depict it on a map you call every many of these areas as pavilions or villages so think of it like a 
categorization so you'll start with a floor to a, a stage to a pavilion to a village so we were in something called a global pavilion and we were called the web3 tokenization village so the most important question that everybody would like to know were you getting jain veg food there or no this is very important because i remember when i went to for a microsoft conference to vegas i mean i was shocked there was a huge line for jain veg food in that microsoft convention sector i said i said wow this was like i said does the ces have jain veg food or no i mean that is a very important criteria for the traveling indian so very very good question though since now that you have asked i must tell you so food options were very limited by the way and there was only a uh, one uh, kind of a vegan uh, option so there was no jain veg food but uh, yes uh, there was some vegan food was there jain veg food in the india pavilion or not no no so so the food food areas were limited to you can think of as as a as a levels so as i said right there were three three floors um, so each floor had a place for eating so they were not for within the pavilion so you have to go there and eat and uh, obviously you couldn't bring anything from outside to eat so essentially you had to eat what was available <laughs> i got no theplas from home you want to make digs at gujus you can make the digs but remember that we are talking about technology and gujus don't live in that world we are a private equity uh, community we have the money and we go where money happens even in the tech spaces we will only be the private equity guys remember that so guju theplas are not required in a tech space Okay. Anyway, coming from Guju Food to um, some of the you know innovations that you saw over there, Nirish. I know you have some of your favorites, but I'm going to start with the Web three, the pavilion where you were. What did you see there, which was super super exciting? So obviously, we were the super exciting people in the Web three. I have to say that. But uh, Web three and tokenization, I think uh, the idea was that people people were presenting. defi you know the stuff we have talked about fintech uh, there was one kind of a strange stuff i mean i'll not say exciting but, uh, i call it strange because i don't really know whether it has a, a lot of usage but some one uh, pod was about wastage of beer in bars okay so now what what they are saying essentially is that people end up wasting beer right so you you either pour a Correct. full point or a half point and stuff like that so what this uh, these guys are doing is they have um, so so luckily it was a consumer electronic show hence they had actually a device where you could use uh, they had completely tokenized meaning you go and tap a card and you keep it tapped till the time you want in the other for the amount of beer you want so no, it's not like you tap and a whole a uh, half or quarter point or ha- uh, full point is uh, filled you can literally do like okay i i a, think a i'll cutting, have this cutting cutting of beer so like ha ha cut cutting you know the numbers those guys were throwing about wastage of beer i'm i'm, I'm really not sure i, I have never actually left <laughs> beer in my glass so uh, but but yeah that was a uh, to answer your question uh, that was uh, something uh, vague but but uh, ces is so so what i found was i mean when i was talking to some people who have been uh, at ces multiple times they mentioned that ces is, is 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 very well known for really some frivolous stupid shit that comes out you know it has it has to be right so it seems uh, pre covid there was something called a smart folk and and you know it by knowing that there are 
you know, most of the news channels will catch on to it. So this smart fork was supposed to, as you are eating, get a lot of information and prompt you to do stuff. And honestly, it made more noise than uh, actually hitting the market and getting the numbers. But frivolous stuff it is known for. This year, there, there weren't much of frivolous stuff. It was good innovation. I'll not say disruptive innovation was depicted this time. Uh, I'll talk about a few things. But uh, incremental innovation was definitely there. And it was it was something that we can see in, you know, this year itself, maybe 2024. So in, in uh, since we were on the topic of Web3 Village and we were in the Global Innovations Pavilion, uh, there were some interesting innovations. One which I found was about a, a belt uh, called Guidi or something. This is a belt for blind people, right? And it has a, a wide angle camera. And uh, what it does is it also has a associated uh, mobile app with it, right? So essentially, you are wearing this belt and it has a, a camera, multiple wide angle camera. So it guides you. And the since it has a accompanying app, it is also prompting, giving you voice prompts. And yeah, you, you are assisted by this technology. So that was interesting. There was something called, you know, a lot of, lot of AI stuff, but there was something which was about image enhancement, you know, AI based uh, image enhancement. They didn't give it a very innovative name. The name was Pixel with a double L. So I don't know how that goes down with Google, <laughs> how that goes down with Google, but uh, it was uh, doing image enhancement uh, and using AI to learn noise patterns and, you know, color saturation and stuff like that. And then it will enhance the image, uh, you know, whatever is uh, using software, your images will be enhanced. Then there was a lot of wearable tech this time, by the way, a lot of wearable and health tech. So I'll not even get into details of all those. Everyone, every Garmin and every every wearable uh, company was there. But there was something interesting whereby there was really wearable tech, meaning there were joggers which will provide, you know, use your, when you run or jog, the kinetic energy from that is converted and sent back to areas and muscles to reduce fatigue by doing the electrical stimulation in those areas and stuff like that so some wacky stuff i don't know whether it'll hit the market <laughs> so on the question of images so i saw this crazy tv which was transparent okay and for the life of me i couldn't figure out what the use of a transparent tv is because at least as indians we put tvs against a wall right so if it's transparent i'll see the wall i mean i don't know but but obviously somebody has done some market research and said that a transparent tv is needed i mean what's with the transparent tv so i tell you i saw that one lg had and i i am with you on that but you know i was with this whole group of my fellow um, company folks who are from france right they felt it was it was nice how does a transparent TV enhance the wall behind it because it's still the wall, right? Yeah. So either you see a black thing or you see a wall. But it seems that, you know, if you had like large French windows and something, you know, there was a beautiful scenery behind you. So do you want to see a black rectangle or rather see be able to see it? But the effect is fantastic. I can tell you that much. I don't see utility in terms of that TV, honestly. But the effect is fantastic. You just see the sides and it's transparent. And when it's on, you know, image comes up and supposedly it is at 
you know, a very, very good TV also in general. But it would be very fascinating if you could use it like a painting uh, while it was kept and then it becomes a television when you do something with it. I'm, I'm sure that there are ways to evolve it. But, you know, on the health tech side, I was reading about this one which uh, really grabbed my attention, which is something called Vivu app, which is like a urinary tract infection, you know, home test product. And I thought for the guy, for a woman, that's phenomenal because that's one of the few things in a country like India with the lack of cleanliness of bathrooms and things like that. An app like that would make a lot of sense, uh, especially if you could do this as a test. And it says that you don't, uh, you know, it gives you an answer within two minutes. It tells you whether you have UTI or not in two minutes. And I think that could be phenomenally great. So I did see some of the wearable tech, which I thought was really great and some which made no sense to me yeah so so on that uh, you know diagnost- diagnostics uh, you're absolutely right i didn't see this particular one i saw one whereby you had to press your head and i you know uh, against certain you know device and looking at eyes head and stuff like that will give you multiple readings but yeah i mean uh, health health and wearable tech was quite big so i think we shouldn't worry too much about utility and all you know so i don't know if uh, maybe you guys know this but you know uh, there is this whole category of awards that is given every year uh, it's called the ignoble awards so it's like given for all the most stupid things that people do in the world of science and i was just reading some in fact this one indian was won it for giving some mechanical arms to some spiders to dead spiders and stuff like that in mechanical engineering so the one that it was really got my goat was the chemistry and geology award was given to a professor from the university of leicester for explaining why scientists love to click rocks if that has an award i think ces must be far ahead in its utility <laughs> i don't know how you land up getting all these non you know these most ridiculous pieces of information. I think we should give, give your three techies banter award for that. I'm telling you, I actually heard a podcast where there was a panel of people discussing how far they can go down to by to recognize rocks. Like, you know, like by licking to what level of granulite. This is, oh, between sandstone and chalk and this thing we can do. You know, but if you want real chemical composition, maybe a lick will not suffice. And I said, wow, man, this is like it. Okay, you know, this randomness of yours, it really amazes me all the time because maybe we should do an episode only on all the random things that Sabiran has heard of. Not even Nilesh and me because we never seem to get all these random things in our feeds. You're the only one who gets it. Random by Samiran. That's going to be our episode. But uh, since since we were talking of that, uh, the transparent TV uh, from LG, I, I must say that, you know, the, uh, the whole branding that LG did, and it's, it's like sometimes you wonder how you really want to jump onto the AI bandwagon. They are calling all this uh, AI affectionate intelligence. Everything seems to be having AI. Yeah, yeah. And it is affectionate intelligence. Your washing machine, LG washing machine also has an AI. So I think it's it's like next we have to see that uh, jockey is going to say your underwear as AI or God knows what. See, has had some plant pots that apparently start wriggling and all when you touch it and all that can give you some warm, cuddly feeling and all that. I mean, I don't know. God, I mean... <laughs> AI just putting AI in everything is is become so so it's affectionate intelligence by LG. Uh, I think India should appropriate affordable intelligence at that rate. 
<laughs> if it has to be a version of AI. I think we'll just do that really well. We would, you know, own affordable in, in Delhi. You might have hit upon some branding masterpiece there, huh, Sheetal. You should just copyright that. Affordable intelligence. We do that. Oh, that's what we Perfect. do, right? Sounds interesting. Indians. Hmm. So on the AI, AI note, I have to talk of one thing. Though AI was everywhere in CES. And I'm sure many people would have heard about it by now. I think I'll call it a bit gimmicky, but it's a device called Rabbit. Okay. With this device, uh, Rabbit, and I'll talk quickly about it. But the fact is that it's it's when you look at it it has a it has a screen it has a camera it has a sim all right and you wonder that why why would you even look at this device when you have your phone <laughs> because it is everything that your phone has <laughs> so then uh, you know you get into the details of it uh, and it is interesting and at the same time multiple unanswered questions so rabbit is essentially something they are calling as a uh, lam large action model and uh, i was talking to samiran uh, you know after i landed i said that you know I have nothing against LAM or the concept large action models because uh, chat GPT is just providing you text output, right? For the questions mm-hmm. you have or whatever the problems you are stating. Uh, it is very limited and it's just uh, textual output. The LAM is essentially doing actions. So now what you're talking of is that can I learn your actions and do them for you? So essentially what Rabbit is saying is that you know, if you had to uh, uh, book a cab or you had to book a ticket or uh, air ticket or order pizza, you will under go through multiple choices, clicks and various stuff. And can those actions be done by AI by learning your mechanism and actions? Nothing wrong with uh, this whole thought process because you are just making life easier and, you know, avoiding multiple clicks and you know, you get your thing done. But the fact is that this, I couldn't understand the economics. And since we always talk of economics behind it, just think about it. This device is 199 US dollars. Okay. And it comes with a SIM. There is no recurring fee. And supposedly everything is happening in cloud. So I'm thinking who, who is going to pay for this SIM and the recurring charges of, you know, communicating with the cloud server and back. It's, it's, it's mind boggling. It's actually how will they ever make money? So think that, you know, I tell Rabbit to book me a Uber. I have just paid one time cost of 199. If I was on the phone, Every time I do Uber, I need to ensure that I have a connection, which means I'm paying a subscription, right, for my mobile phone. So in that sense, I have found it fantastic, you know, 199 US dollars and I don't need any any connection. Uh, I, I just need a definitely need a Wi-Fi connection uh, in, in places where there is no, let's say, same connectivity. But I, I couldn't understand the economics of it. But uh, it caught attention of many people, uh, this whole, it's a device looks cute. It is like an orange thing and a rabbit keeps jumping. And I think they have done the branding uh, very well, talked about this large action model. Now you don't have to do anything, you know, you don't have to go through multiple selections, this and that. You just tell a rabbit and rabbit will uh, get it done. We'll see. I mean, I, I don't know. As in in months to come because it generated a lot of uh, interest but how is it different from like an alexa or a google there's something going on 
there where people are playing around with this form factor which is non mobile now so in fact there's that whole group of people who left apple and started that ai pin which is supposed to do something i mean i don't know what it does again same thing i think the people are bored of the phone or whatever it must be but they're just playing around with a different form factor that will do similar things so you you see a lot of these other devices coming which you can't figure out what but maybe one of them will suddenly catch people's fancy and it'll kind of become a fantastic thing you are absolutely right sir so to answer your question uh, sheetal it's the it's the form factor and the second thing is that what they are saying is that even if it was alexa or uh, you know uh, the google assistant you you have to do some actions if you if you even use you know you you have to do some actions and underlying it is always a app you will open spotify and let's say search for something or spotify itself has learned your preferences what these guys are saying is and i don't know how they are doing probably on a cloud they have android virtual machine which has learned your actions over a period of time and it is executing for you but then your security is really screwed okay so that was another they are saying they don't store anything but for me it seemed highly insecure or single point of uh, failure for a, a concentrated attack because if it is learning my actions and storing in a maybe a on cloud a virtual machine android virtual machine which mimics nilesh's android let's say and uh, so so then security is a question mark but to your point it it will unlike alexa and all you you will not have to do anything supposedly it, they didn't demonstrate it fully it just magically happened so you start when their demo was there so you wonder whether did it really happen but it's supposed to do like you you just you know if you go through a uber selection and you usually pick let's say a certain kind of uber cab it has learned everything now so now you just have to give the destination and it will do what you would do so nilesh any particular thing that grabbed your attention which you wished was ready and available and you could have bought it at cvs any technology or any innovation two things one is something which i could not have bought but i loved that innovation was uh, uh, i'll talk about it the the thing i could have uh, really bought were two things you know and and i think one is close to our heart we keep talking in india about multilingual stuff we have so many languages we we talked of uh, llms helping with that chat gpt you know microsoft was presented with uh, that bhashini uh, thing and stuff stuff like that what i found was there is something called a vasco translator uh, earpiece right and i found it very nifty device it main reason it's not it's making it very easy so you put a earpiece in your hand and there is a small base unit and uh, voila i mean someone speaks into it and you are hearing the good part is that it does 100 and f- something languages so the language translation the available languages is huge so i found the device and it was not very costly it was about i think it was sub 200 or just about 200 us dollars i i felt that if you were in that kind of a your work required it or or india especially which has so many languages this was very easy you just have to pop it in your ear and someone speaks into it and you are listening you know you are hearing english that was that was one uh, i thought i could i could really if it, it was available i would have even bought just for fun you know so but yeah you can't buy it there so it will be launched i think in q2 2024 vasco translator earpiece so that was one and uh, and just to end it i think it was something which i actually saw it was a robotic arm which makes coffee 
it's called artly a r t l y artly and they already have they have uh, there are two coffee shops in seattle uh, artly the most interesting part was when i was talking to the guy uh, he 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 told me some very important details so he said they cannot beat the time of making coffee of a starbucks and he told me the reasons for it i, I was not aware and uh, and just to tell you i am not a starbucks coffee fan and i understood that day why so it seems starbucks picks beans <laughs> picks beans early okay and uh, it roasts them a bit more so they they are greener beans and they are roasted a bit more uh, to give them that bitter distinctly burnt bitter flavor which many people like and that bean is faster it, it just reduces the time of making coffee it seems but this uh, robo can match the speed of a barista in a like a in a european cafe right where you don't have these beans which are over over roasted for faster extraction of coffee uh, so it it matches the speed of barista so that way there is a business case and the best part is it makes really artisanal coffee i mean what amazed me was and we'll put up that video i took that video and probably on our handle i'll put that video it made some multiple coffees in front of me when i was chatting with this guy no error at all and uh, it created you know for me i just to twist it i told it that i wanted a cappuccino with uh, oat milk it it did all that yeah and perfect coffee with Uh, my new kicker is with the small you know on the foam that drawing and he said there is a way they have not put that new update you could customize that design also so yeah i mean that was just fantastic i think with that we come to the end of our fun session on ts where we really instead of three of us bantering we decided that we were going to interview uh, nilesh on his experiences at the ts if After listening to this session, you still think that you have doubts about visiting the CES, which we don't think you should. Do write in to us, and I'm sure that uh, Nilesh will send you his personal five reasons why you must and everyone must attend CES in at least once in their lifetime. So do write in to us, and I'm sure Nilesh will be happy to give you all his special tips on attending CES and making the most of it.